Your next 10 million is a community dedicated to folks who have achieved wealth and are looking to achieve greatness. Our interviews and discussions focus on growing your family's wealth and cash flow with investors across asset classes, but with a particular focus on housing and real estate. But there's more to growing your wealth than just capital allocation. So we try to bring you a variety of conversations and experts. Please subscribe to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. Hey guys, we have an incredible show. We're talking about the power of tribe. Cody and I were just on a retreat with about 20 other powerful men. And we're kind of just uh, going through and digesting what we learned, what we got out of it, and, and really how this can be incorporated into your life and how to analyze what you have going on in your life to set some goals for the future. Uh, and not just in business, but in, in friendships and what kind of feelings you're you're trying to get out of these friendships. Um, in an ever-expanding world, I think connection and genuine connection becomes more and more incredibly important. Have a listen. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Your Next 10 Million. We have a fun show today. Posh and I just got back from an awesome weekend, uh, well, I guess extended weekend away with a bunch of other just kick-ass entrepreneurs and investors. Um, how are you doing, Pasha? I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm, I'm jacked up. I'm feeling very fulfilled from the, the last few days and I'm ready to talk about it, man, what we learned, how we, how we grow and all of it. Let's get in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Um, today I think we'll probably chat a little bit about, I think that, um, you know, I'm not sure about a bunch of other listeners, but I, I know certainly you and I, and we've seen this um, continually with kind of our wait list for these events that we put on. Um, me and Pasha and a couple other guys, we put, we've been putting together these small 20-person, in-person events where we rent like a huge house. We started doing it uh, January of 2022. Um, and we did one in January 2022. We did one in June. Um, and we did one uh, this last weekend, uh, yep. which is uh, January 2023. So we've been doing like two a year is kind of our goal, a winter one and a summer one. Um, and we are not kind of the visionaries of an idea like this. I think we, you know, I think we kind of took bits and pieces from other organizations and events that we were a part of, but like maybe left some of the things we didn't like out and added some of the things. I think, I think ours is a little bit unique in that it is specifically, we cap it at 20 people. Um, the entire goal is for it to be very, uh, you know, for you to know by the end of the event, for you to know and have connected, you know, on a, on a, on a much deeper level with all, you know, you know, with every single entrepreneur that is there that attends the events. Um, but I think there is a lot of demand for this. Um, we uh, we announced our event in a small group of thirty of like thirty or forty people um, was it, and and uh, we you had to get your deposit in by nine a.m. I think by nine o two we were already full. Um, it's crazy, and yeah. Yeah. So we have a huge wait list within our group, and then we have a huge wait list to even get access to the group. Um, so I think. You know, there, there's something here. We don't we don't make any money off of it. We don't charge anything. Um, we simply all like everything that we get out of it is just spending time with awesome other awesome entrepreneurs and learning from them. Um, but there is something there, right? Like it seems like there's this space. Uh, I love to 
hear what kind of what your thoughts are, Pasha, because we've talked a bunch about this, but I think there is a yeah. space for, uh, for that type of thing. And people just are not getting it in their day-to-day lives. Um, and you know, they're not, they're not getting in their day-to-day lives or, you know, their home lives or, um, you know, whatever that is, uh, you know, their current business lives. I think it's really unique to find, uh, you know, to find something like this. And, and uh, there's, there's massive, there's massive demand. And we know some groups that have harnessed that demand, um, uh, you know, and scaled it. But I think, you know, what we've always said is, you know, quality, not quantity kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah why, why do you think that is like, like we, I mean, we were lying out the door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I think there's just a lot here. I think if anyone who's listening to this has, has been thinking about potentially just getting a group of entrepreneurs together, highly, highly recommended because um, I have a firm belief that really the magic happens in those smaller, um, those smaller uh, communities, right? Where you can really get deep with others. And, uh, you know, at a core level, we're always looking for connection and authentic relationship and a way to like, really let go of the the facade that we put up, right? Like any of our entrepreneurs, right? We, we have to come to our uh, uh, work with these like personas or like, you know, I have to do this and that. But it's really good to also meet with other entrepreneurs to let all your guards down and get that, that really that one-on-one connection with the person and to be authentic. And then to be able to share our problems, whether that's, you know, good, uh, bad problems, whatever it is. But man, I know for me that in those small groups, I can be myself authentically. I can share my, my struggles. And that's not just business, right? It, 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 it reverberates to, to like your own personal issue, to your relationships with your wife and to your family. And to know that there's others out there that are having the same problems, because I, I do tend to believe that entrepreneurs tend to uh, create a shell around them and a world around them where they're just so driven and they're not connecting authentically. I mean, I'm sure they are. Don't get me wrong. But in a way that we can grow and really uh, on a deep level understand what's happening with others. So this is why I think there's such a, uh, a wait list out there. This is why there's so many uh, masterminds out there that are growing. I think there's, there's this kind of this trend now of all these different masterminds and all these different groups who have these commonalities and who are seeking the same things that are just growing so massively because as we're more connected with the internet, we are, at least for myself, I'll speak, desperately looking for true friendship and true authentic friendship with people who can push you and who can hold you accountable and who can inspire you as well. So a lot to unpack there, but I think there's just so many reasons there. One last thing I'm going to say, Cody, as well, is that I don't think men now have an outlet to talk about the shit that we need to talk about. I feel like we're pulled in so many different ways. And I don't know if you can relate with me on this one. It's like this, this whole movement of, of like feminine masculine energy, which I want to be really conscious about, right? And then how do I fuse the two together? And then I also have my own feelings of like my desires, but then 
uh, I, maybe I take it on myself as I just always try to be in my masculine, but then also move and shift to be sensitive to others. And so it's kind of like this weird time of disconnect. And when I'm when, when I'm around these small groups, I can really talk about like, hey, this is my problem. Does anyone else feel this way? How do we achieve it? So it's really about like the uh, like metal sharpens metal, essentially. Totally. And to just t- talk about everything. So yeah. 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 I think, you know, metal, metal sharpens metal. I think it's hard to, even locally, it's hard to, what I've, what I've found is it's hard to kind of pair up with, uh, you know, with people that are doing this similar, um, you know, a, 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 that have like very similar values that are running kind of at a similar speed. Um, you know, a lot of the professional network I see locally, it's kind of the same general attitude. I think it's, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe folks that are crushing it professionally, but they're not doing so well personally or on health, or they're not trying to live kind of a more well-rounded life, or they have maybe a little bit of a myopic view. And I don't, I don't think that's wrong. I think it's easy to get sucked into kind of the modern life and like what everyone else is talking about and, you know, uh, you know, bitching about, you know, life and, you know, their, their wife and their kids and, you know, whatever else and only being hard drivers, um, or the flip side, right? Like, uh, you know, friend groups that, you know, maybe you're not, um, you know, that are not pushing themselves as hard as, you know, we are pushing ourselves on the, uh, you know, on the, on, on kind of the business side. Um, and it's hard to find like really well-rounded people. Um, and I, I, I really do, you know, metal sharpens metal. And also I really believe that like, you're the, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend time around. Um, and maybe it just gets back to like the mimetic theory, right? Like, uh, you know, it's probably, probably all come, kind of comes back to that, right? You see other people doing other awesome things, but you know, mimetic theory is one thing when it drives you towards material pursuits, but it actually can still be, you know, it can be used for good and it can be, right. you know, it can be used for good in particular when it's, you know, when you are modeling great behavior, right? When you're modeling, you know, as in mimetic theory, I think the language is modeling, right? When you're, or, or when you're, when you're mimicking your model's behavior, I, I should say, um, I think is how they put it, right? But if your model are these five, incredible people around you doing just awesome stuff with the right values and goals and pursuits. And, you know, then, then it's just, just helping you level up. Um, so instead of trying to keep up with the Joneses by, uh, you know, the bigger house on the Hill or, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the Lambo in the driveway or whatever, you know, whatever is going on in your neighborhood, right. You're keeping up with the Joneses are, getting, you know, getting more workouts in, you know, 12% body fat, uh, being an awesome dad, uh, you know, spending, doing, you know, great adventurous trips with your family, um, you know, crushing it in your business, building great daily habits, like that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, like, you know, you can really, uh, uh, if, if those are your models in your life, um, and, and then the five close, you know, the close people around you do become your models. Um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good that can really come out of that. A lot of power that can come out of that. And it's totally, it's totally changed my life and seeing these guys around me for me more than anything else, I'm just blown away with how, um, you know, with, with, with how talented they are, with how, you know, uh, insightful they are, with how well-rounded so many of these guys are. 
and then I talk with them about areas where I'm, you know, where like areas where I'm trying to do better, right? Um, so right now, like a big one for me is physical. Is I, I spent so much time sitting in an office and focused on work and 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 not focused on staying healthy. But these little, you know, there's there's a couple guys there this past weekend that were crushing it on physical and health, right? Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, and and you know, I mean, uh, you know, guys like guys like Gabe who can probably bench my whole body weight, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and and the tips and little insights that they're able to offer, with like here's how I'm, you know, here's what I'm doing, um, is huge. So I do. I absolutely love that. I think, you know, a big one is the metal sharpens metal. And, you know, the other thing I always think about is like, you're, you're the average around, you know, you have the average of the five closest people around you. One of the big, one of the hardest things for me, honestly, after, after these trips is I come home and then I look at, you know, what I have going on, you know, the, 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 the kind of network I have locally mm-hmm. and it's not nearly as powerful or awesome as the network that we, that we've built. Um, you know, throughout the country that go on these trips. Uh, so that, that's, that is a big goal for me on an ongoing basis. And I've, I've started to make big improvements there, but I'm going to continue to really work on that. Um, because th- that's the hardest part for me with those trips is I come home and I'm like, damn it. I want to hang out with those guys <laughs> all the time. Cause they're just so awesome. Yeah. I think it's, you know, with what you're saying, I think it's really hard if you're, um, in personal relationships, to analyze, right, at a very authentic level of your friendships. And also to set the goals of, hey, I want more uh, inspiration in my life, or I want more entrepreneurial conversations in my life, or I want this more in my life. And then to be able to be really authentic with yourself and, and evaluate your friends and to say, hey, does this work for me or does not work for me? That's a tough conversation you have to have with yourself, right? Like you need to, first of all, if, if, if anyone who's listening to this, who hasn't weeded out friends that are net takers in your life, you just need to do that now, right? You just need to, especially if you have goals, but it's also to just evaluate like, you know, uh, with my friend. That's brutal, right? It's, it's it's like really, yeah, especially with people that have grown up with, you know, you kind of the blood's thicker than water, not necessarily with that. Well, not not necessarily blood, but you know what I mean. The there's a loyalty aspect with friends, right? Of course. And, um, you know, but at the same time, life is so short, and as paths diverge, right, and you stop valuing the same things, you know, yeah, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? I think I think you can always love people. I think you can always have friendship for people. I don't think it's like a hard, sure, just automatically cut off. I, I, let me say, let me back up. When I was 20, like three or 24, I did just do a hard evaluation of my friends and I realized none of them were good for me. And I, I literally picked up the phone and said, Hey, I don't think we can be friends anymore. I ended up not really having any friends because they were just all net negatives in a big way. You, you picked up the phone and told them? Yeah. I actually oh, wow. picked up the phone <laughs> and I said, Hey, listen, burn the bridges on the way out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was 24, 25. I, I was living in Houston at the time and I really wasn't happy. I was depressed. And I just, I just said, wow, like this person's not a good person. And I, and then I just evaluated all my friends. And I actually picked up the phone and said, Hey, this sounds crazy, but we just can't be friends anymore. So I apologize if you think that I'm like ignoring you, but just so you know, we, like it's not there. Right. 
And it was confusing for them at first, but I just was so set on it that I did. And um, I had heard that somewhere. So I, I did it. Wow. But, yeah. What, out of curiosity, I'm sorry. It's okay. I, I don't want to lose your train of thought. What did they say? They were just kind of stuck. fuck yourself? <laughs> yeah. You know, well, I, the main one, the main guy that I was calling at that time, I think knew it was coming already. There was two that I think it kind of um, sideswiped them, right? And they were like, I, I don't really understand, but I'm of course going to be respectful, but I still don't understand, right? And I just, I just knew what I wanted to create in my life, right? And I think that that's a key, that's a, such a key factor of you have to know what you want to create in your life, right? Yeah. And then so back to to your point is. It's not about just cutting off people black and white, but understanding where you want to go and what you enjoy and what stimulates you, right? Like, for example, my friendship group that I have in LA, man, it is the most authentic. It's, we're so in love with each other. It, it's incredible. It fills me up in, in, in every way. But I also know that my entrepreneurial spirit doesn't get activated sure. as well. And so... This is what has led me to groups that I'm in and masterminds in like Go Abundance and then our trips that we do is because there's an aspect of surrounding yourself with high achievers who are also like you and want the same things. And there's this genuineness about letting go and helping each other and getting vulnerable with other men that I think in our culture, you're not supposed to do. But me being me, and I think our group of guys have no problem with getting vulnerable. So I found other vulnerable, successful entrepreneurs who want to talk about real life issues. So I don't think it's about like being mean and cutting somebody off. I think you can always be friends with someone, but it's also about, hey, where do I want to spend my energy? Hey, what, what activates me? What, what lights me up? Right? So, yeah. Yeah, totally, man. I think that, um, you know, I think the other thing too, is, you mentioned it earlier, but it was, it's kind of funny that everyone kind of has the same issues, right? When we all get together and like start <laughs> right. talking, it's so true. Man. It's like, uh, like somebody starts bringing something up and I'm like, man, I thought that, you know, first off, it's really great because it is easy, especially in these entrepreneurial groups. Like I, I do love our, you know, our particular group. And I think we focus on like, not just it is great to be able to be off, like, it's great to be able to be authentic and to like celebrate your wins authentically. Cause like most of us cannot celebrate our wins with our friend groups because right. the level of wins, it's hard to, it's hard to talk about without, I think, invoking some sort of envy or, um, you know, whatever else it may be. Um, and then it's hard, right? Uh, right. you know, it, yeah, it's hard. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to jump in real quick, but like, I always have, I don't know what your thoughts on this. Or I can kind of guess, but for me, I, I, I feel like I'm in a split world because I, A, I want to share with my friends, but B, I don't want to make them feel anyway. But yeah. am I really responsible for their feelings or what if I inspire them? So like I always play, I feel like I'm playing this like dance of trying to let my friends know what I'm up to, but also at the same time, I'm not trying to come off as braggy. Sure. You know? I, yeah. I, I stay pretty private about it, except for in our in our little group. Um, you know, when we do these trips, I don't mind, you know, it, it, with, with those groups that that's like part of the thing, right. Is, is having that, um, 
you know, having that level of honesty and, and, and knowing that they're also, you know, like that, that they're, they're going to be happy for me. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty private in my personal life, uh, you know, about, about anything that's going super well. Um, and it sucks, but I, I don't, I haven't had a good experience with it in, you know, I haven't had a good experience with it so far. So, um, so for me, it's a great outlet to be able to talk about the wins, um, without it sounding braggy, um, or, or, or pompous or anything like that, but it feels good to celebrate wins. Right. I think somebody said, you know, one of the biggest, I can't remember, man, I wish I could remember the exact quote, but it was something about like one of the, one of the, one of the worst things that entrepreneurs are like entrepreneurs, you know, one of the worst attributes that entrepreneurs have is they, they have trouble celebrating their wins. It's kind of like win and then you move on. Right. Um, and one of the best things you can do is truly embrace the win and like celebrate yourself for it and, and spend, spend a moment in that, right. Like really enjoying it. Um, and you know, being grateful for it, uh, and, and just being totally focused on it before saying what's next. Right. I think that's so many, many of us, right. We hit the goal. What's next. Right. I, at least there's, at least I'm like that. Um, so I really love the ability to get to together with other people. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you brought it up kind of just like our conversation we just had before we started this. Right. I was telling you, I right, screw it. I guess I'll just share. Like, I don't like <laughs> to share things, right? Like, I don't like to share that we just got uh, two deals under contract yesterday, right? Because I'm like, oh, well, what if what happens? I don't want to be the guy who like says it. And you're like, no, dude, that's badass. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, let's see, let's see what happens. And I just don't, because it, you know what? Now that you mentioned it, it is, it's freaking hard to find deals in this climate. Like, it's, it's, we've been beating our heads and through the wall, like trying to find something. And we just got something in contract, but it is hard to celebrate. But um, man, when I'm with this group to be able to share and everyone's actually truly genuinely happy for you, that's pretty rare in a group yeah. of men who are freaking competitive, right? Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do want to know, you know, other than your health uh, stuff, and I'm going to put you on the spot because I know you love it. What are some things that you you get out of this? What are some feelings? What are some like takeaways or uh, why do you love these, these groups and, and masterminds in general? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess the other things I really get out of it are like really, I guess really practical tips and resources for areas that like I'm maybe not as good at. Um, so, uh, you know, that could be like relationship stuff or, you know, at certain points it's been like fatherhood stuff. Um, and, you know, that like those are not areas where I naturally have played in my, you know, in the, in the physical health stuff. Those are not areas where I naturally play at like the top of my game, um, you know, and, and like it's very, I, I very rarely need, I very rarely need much motivation or support on the work stuff. I mean, bad work stuff happens for sure. And I'm sure at some point I'm going to have a huge loss or something. And, you know, I'm going to, like it's, it's, it's only, it's, you know, it's only a matter of time you're in business enough and you have some challenge that you need help with, right. You're going to, you're going to hit that. Right. But I would say on a whole, usually it's not the business stuff. Usually it's like the personal side stuff where, um, I, li I like our group. We have a lot of guys that have been dads for a lot longer than I've been a dad. I've been husbands for a lot longer than I've been a husband. Um, and hearing them share kind of 
great tips, um, awesome things they're doing with their family, uh, ideas. Um, you know, even Ryan's, uh, yeah, one of the guys like sent a, Protect, uh, a picture to the ch- uh, to the group and was like uh, with a picture of like flowers before we all went and we're like was like yo I'm getting flowers for my wife before we all go on this trip and right. then I think half of us did and it was it was like one of the best ideas ever I was like oh my god I can't believe it. so simple but uh, you know it uh, it was it was such a good idea um, so yeah I mean I would say I get a lot of that I also you know I just get a lot of the the camaraderie um, and kind of the you know, I mean, you know, the work we do is really serious. Uh, the lives we lead, like, especially as like, you know, men and, and, and kind of head of our families, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on our shoulders, um, to, uh, to, you know, to, to produce in all sorts of ways, um, and to take care of in all sorts of ways. And like, there were like little moments of time, whether it was when we were skiing or when we were playing that ridiculous, uh, pool ball game uh, called <laughs> spaz or somebody said it was called Ukrainian pool as well. Um, we were making rules up anyways. I just, yeah, yeah, we were making, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like there are little, those little moments of, um, you know, there are those little moments of, I guess, just, just kind of like a relief valve on all the responsibilities that we have. And all of a sudden we were just like a bunch of, you know, teenage boys. And I, I, I gotta say like, you know, uh, honestly, I mean that, that is also selfishly like not just for my life, but also just for me, for like my, my soul. It's kind of, it was kind of nice, like for those brief moments, like no responsibilities, just kind of, you know, right. uh, being, you know, hanging out with, hanging out with good friends and, and, and wholesome activities. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't drinking and gambling and strip clubs, et cetera. Right. It's, uh, you know, and in fact, I, we brought 20 bottles of wine. And I think we, we, I think only three people were drinking <laughs> the entire trip. <laughs> everyone, everyone's on the whole, remember the memetic theory thing, right? Everyone's yep. doing the no drinking January. Um, and so it was a, a really wholesome trip. But, um, so I guess that's what I get. It. Uh, and I also, you know what? I also love pouring into people. You know, there are things that right. I'm, that I experiences that I have that I love to share with other people. Um, and it makes me feel like I'm, you know, especially if I'm helping somebody I really care about, uh, there's, there's very few better feelings in the world for me. How about you? What do you, what do you think kind of your top things are? Yeah. You know, I think, um, my, one of the biggest takeaways that it's always inspiration from others. Number one is, uh, becoming a father. It's, it's, it's just so good to be around other entrepreneurs who are also incredibly successful at being fathers and great husbands. Right. And so to know that they can achieve and also achieve in their personal life, right? There's, I think there's a, we don't often measure being good at life as, as a key measurement. And so I find that, uh, we, we find, I, we surround ourselves with people who are good at life and at good at business, which is really, really important to talk about. So just always trying to get better in every facet. Um, so there's that. And, Really, it's for me, it's like I never go into these things thinking I want anything or I want to work on any certain thing. But man, anytime I come out of it, I'm just like, man, I'm inspired by that person. I'm inspired by how that person's living his life. I'm inspired about how that guy's a father. I'm inspired by uh, how that guy is doing for charity. I'm inspired how that guy's doing business. And 
you know, and then there's like one or two connections made. And, you know, I got a broker like lead from somebody uh, that can help me with my leg. There's just all these little things that I get, but it really is just how do I become a better person? How do I get inspired from these, these guys who are crushing it at life and at business? And, you know, this trip especially, and I want to really talk about this because this is really important. And um, it's about our inner child, right? That day that we were playing that goofy game that no one knew the freaking rules and it kept changing. Um, it felt like we all really kind of let our, our child out. It was kind of it reminded me of times when we were in middle school or high school and we just had, you know, no, no, no ego and we're just connecting on that level. That was really heartwarming to me. Like that was really fun to do. And then you have to really analyze, you know, are we ever letting our inner child out or are we, are we always playing the responsible, mature adult? You know, and, and if, if the answer is we're always putting our mature adult in front, we should try to find an outlet for that inner child. Because I'll tell you what, man, I felt I had so much fun. <laughs> and I, you know, like, it, and people just, you know, were ridiculous. But that's, that's the beauty in it. And um, that's what I'm trying to, like, harbor in all of my friendships is I want to be good at life. And sometimes being good at life as an adult is having those mo moments where you're being goofy and letting loose. And, you know, I'm not saying without, like, you know, most of us don't drink. And, uh, but just letting loose with people that you trust. And I think that's an important to find that group for yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when you, when you say that, um, you know, the one word that kept coming to mind was like present, right? Like, you know, there's, that's one of the most cool, like that's one of the coolest things about kids is kids are completely present. Yep. Um, especially really young kids, right? Like that's one thing I see with my son. Um, it was a toddler is like, he is so present when he is, he's not worried about the future. He's not concerned about the past. I mean, he is totally just in whatever he's in. Um, and you know, that is, that's kind of that, you know, that, that was, that, that was kind of like what we were all able to go do with some of those activities, um, is really just be, you know, totally present, totally low ego. And that was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was absolutely, it was a, it was a ton of fun with, uh, um, you know, the other, the other really fun one was the, uh, was the cowboy games oh, and yeah, how competitive everyone got. <laughs> yeah. So we did these, um, we were in Jackson hole, uh, or well, just on the other side of the mountains in, from Jackson hole. Um, so we did skiing one day, but the other day, um, we did this thing called cowboy games and the cowboy games were, uh, it was basically a racetrack where you were pulled on your skis by a full speed galloping horse and you had to <laughs> grab rings and go on jumps and make these turns. Um, uh, uh, by the way, from that f fall I took my neck, I had to go to chiropractic yesterday. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. It was odd. I was like, why is my neck so sore? And I thought it was from the right. workout. And I was like, wait a minute, why would my neck be sore from the workout? And then I like when I go like this, I hear cracking in my neck. I was like, oh. <laughs> so, um, on those cowboy games, remind me, did did who had the faster score between us? Whoa, whoa. Without penalties? I don't know. Had, I just want to say who had with, the fastest score. Without penalties, me, um, but with penalties, you. I dropped the ring. So, 
I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I was just curious. So on on these cowboy games, which you know, let's talk about that because experiences really matter at the end. This way I look at life, like at the end of sure. life, like the experiences matter. And this is one of those experiences that was like, we got to do this. This is incredible. Like yep. we're never going to do this again. Um, but man, you know, uh, <laughs> just your competitive side was awesome <laughs> to see. You were just like, I want to be Pasha. Like, <laughs> I just want to go after him. It was, it was so much fun. And it was cool to get our competitive juices out. And I, I also want to commend you because you had an amazing idea because we always want to give back and it's, it's our responsibility as uh, like entrepreneurs. And we ended up raising because of your idea about $40,000 for a certain charity. Yeah. Yeah. For the condo foundation. Yeah. Um, the, the, the founder of the foundation was with us. He's one of the entrepreneurs that was with us. Um, and basically they, they feed, um, feed, provide health insurance and fund schools in Africa. Um, and it's pretty cool. Some of those kids, oh, their only meal all day is the meal they get at school. Um, yep. So just extreme, extreme poverty. I think the $40,000 will cover food, health insurance, health care, um, and education clothes. and clothes for materials. 200 and materials for 200 kids um, out of the 40 grand we raised. Yeah. So. And school repairs yeah. and everything. And it's probably yeah. like 250 people, these 250 yeah. kids. Yeah, it's, huge problems for you because you 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 matched a bunch of the donations and uh, and definitely doubled that number up. And uh, also, I think we're a huge instigator of the idea. So yeah, that that is also fun. Um, so we did these, but, but anyways, the cowboy funds. It was it, games were super fun, really competitive, um, great camaraderie. Right? It's 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 fun to have a little bit of competition. I did get very competitive. The frustrating thing for me is. Mm -hmm. It had no, like your, your skill level of skiing had very little bearing. It was like, it was like right. a strategy. There was a, there was a strategy, part strategy. It was part the horseman. It was part, you know, stuff like, like I, 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 I missed the winning score by a second because, or, you know, by a second because I dropped a ring. Right. Uh, for example, um, or, or sorry, I, I would have had, you know, like just, a second, second, second shy of the winning score, but I dropped the ring. And so I was, you know, uh -huh. it was five seconds up. So like, I know excuses, right? It's an asterisk. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying it was like, it was actually a really fun game. I thought, um, you know, I love a game like that, that levels the playing field, right? Like right. everyone was able to participate and be genuinely competitive. That was cool. Right. It wasn't, it had very little to do with, um, uh, yeah. Anyways, it's kind of like golf, right? Like where golf, you have a handicap so you can go out and play and be competitive with guys that are maybe way better than you. Um, so it was a fun game, but also, uh, I don't know. Do you want to say a little bit? So a little bit about the, um, about the horseman, um, and the conversation that we had afterwards. First off, just, I would love to incredible guys. Um, I'm going to give a little bad background and then maybe Pasha can talk a little bit about what they talked about. Um, uh, cause I, I, I've not done a good job of paraphrasing it so far. Um, but these guys are incredible. First off, they, all their horses are horses that would have otherwise been killed. Um, and so one of the guys names Jose, uh, the other guy's name's Cody, uh, ironically, um, together they kind of own this ranch, um, and, and work on the ranch. I think of different business interests in it, but, uh, Jose was, his family was some of the oldest horsemen in the world. They were the Spaniards that 
settled Guatemala in the 1600s. They still have the ranch mm. from the 1600s. And he's the longest line of horsemen of like continuous horsemen um, in that family. Um, and he's two, he had two sons that were there. Um, and then Cody as well, I think is a really great horseman, but all the horses um, were set to be killed uh, or euthanized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these guys, train them and break them and do things that no one else in the world has been able to do with these horses and basically save their lives. And they also do a bunch of really great things with helping troubled kids that um, come onto the ranch, begin to work with their hands in the outdoors, put in, you know, put in, uh, you know, I think Jose said basically by the end of it, they're so tired, they can't get into trouble. Right. Um, But they've saved a bunch of kids lives. Um, as well. And so it's just a really cool group of guys. And so anyways, these guys were the guys that were riding the horses and pulling us on the uh, skis. And uh, Pasha, I don't know if you want to talk. We we, we yeah. talked with them a little bit afterwards and they shared with us kind of the code, the cowboy code that they live their life by and um, just a lot of really great lessons for those of us that live very different lives nowadays. Yeah. I, I want to give, I want to be a little, uh, little vulnerable on this and, and, and say, you know, I found myself super attracted to this cowboy code and this lifestyle that they had. And I don't know whether it's um, because it's now we're in a time and age as as men that we're always having to uh, play with levels of masculinity and femininity to try to, you know, be a well-rounded like man in society today. I don't know if that was it, but that, that came up and I had some conversations around it, but these cow the, the cowboy code really hit home to me in a big way. And here I'm going to give off the the ten uh, essentially commandments for the cowboy code, and then Cody, I'll ask you what are the ones that stuck out for you and why. We'll just go from there. But number one is live live each day with courage. Okay. Number two, take pride in your work. Always finish what you start. Do what has to be done. Be tough, but fair. When you make a promise, keep it. Ride for the brand. That means loyalty to your company. Never go behind their back, but you're riding for the brand. If you make a decision, you're riding for them. Talk less and say more. Remember that some things aren't for sale and know where to draw the line. I mean, if you really look into these, there's some massive depth there, right? So Cody, which one sticks out for you the most or two or all 10 or? Yeah, I, I don't know. There were so many, but I mean, if you, if you do the, if you do all of those 10, right, what a, and you teach your kids all of those 10, what a successful life and a happy family you'll have. Um, I don't know. I love the tough but fair thing. Yeah. Um, you know, in my, as leaders, especially, right? I think that, you know, as leaders, it's always hard to, you know, there are oftentimes, right, where you're holding people accountable, um, either as a father, uh, you know, a leader of a family, a, a a leader of a company, um, your job is to hold people accountable and to make sure that they, you know, do the other things in this list, like 
you know, know where to draw the line, which is another one that I really like, right? So, you know, what are their, you know, what are the standards that you're holding people to um, and know where your line is, you know, know what's mm-hmm. the white line, the gray line, the black line, right? And know, know where not to cross. Um, but you've got to, you've got to hold others to that. And I love the, you know, I love the tough but fair, right? Um, I think if, I think, and they said it really well, you know, I think as a leader, right, if the people that are on your team know you're tough but fair, I think they will always respect you. Same with your kids. Um, you know, uh, being fair means having a very low ego, right? And being willing to think about your, uh, you know, your lackings. Um, you know, I, I don't know. There were so many good things. You know, taking pride in your work. I see so many people that, uh, you know, I, I love that, right? Whether you're a, you know, somebody always told me, you know, whether you're a, a, a janitor or a craftsman or a, you know, CEO, right? Um, you know, give 100% to your work, right? Always take pride in your work. And I see so little of that in today's world. Um, I don't know. I, there, were, there, was, there was probably not a single one there that I take off the list. I thought they were so good. Um, I think they emulate a, a lot of the family values uh, and values that I'd like to instill in my family, in my teams. Um, and I thought that those guys did a really great job of, of elaborating on each of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well explained. I, you know, be tough, but fair, I think is really important. I wrote that down specifically to journal about that deeper so that for my kids, when I have them, I can create structure around it because that is really important. I know for myself, uh, when we immigrated here to the States, my father wasn't around. So I raised myself essentially. But looking back now, I wish I had structure. I wish I had rules in place. Um, don't get me wrong. I love, I love everything about how, how I was brought here and who I am today. And that's all part of the equation. But really thinking about being tough but, but fair is really incredibly important for me uh, as I embark on this journey to be a father soon. I, I really resonated with a few other ones. The If you make a promise, keep it. Right. I still believe, even though today I think it's it's a lot different, I still believe in the value of reputation, that your bond is your word, that if you say you're gonna do something, do it. It's totally. incredibly important. Yeah. Incredibly important. Um not to call anybody out, but I, I often see now times in businesses where people just don't do what they say they're gonna do. And it drives me nuts. Right. Yep. And so if I'm going to be in this business for 15, 20 years, uh, I can't break any promises. I, I got to keep going. But I've always been that way. That was instilled in me when I was incredibly young and in the poker world. It's incredibly easy to give off bullshit excuses in poker. And I've seen people do it time and time again. I don't want to pay because I was drunk or, you know, they, whatever it was. But you're, you, you have a responsibility to, to do what you say. And that's, yeah. that's so important to me. And to not... You know, that's playing the long game too. Yeah. Right. There are oftentimes when the short term, it'd be easier, you know, and yeah, you can make an excuse. And, um, yeah, but I, I do think that'll, you know, what, you know, following through with that, it'll pay dividends over a of lifetime. Course. Yeah. Of course. And I like to just sleep with my, like, <laughs> I was going to say sleep with myself. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you yeah. know, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, another podcast. No. 
Um, <laughs> I regress. But no, it's like, I want to be able to sleep at night. I want to sure. be able to know that I'm a good person, right? And I don't yep. screw anybody over. Um, so I think it's really important, especially now in, in, the, in the culture we're in where people are just like, well, no, screw that. It's all about me, me, me. It's, it's so much more than that. And, and, and I think you'll realize, people will realize that later on. Um, talk less, say more. That's really vital, right? Um, I think we're pretty blessed in our group and our masterminds where I think everyone is genuinely trying to learn from others. And so, but you know, you, we've obviously all met people who just fill the air just to fill the air and there's no substance there. There's no vulnerability there. Sure. There's no presence there. Um, and then I really enjoyed this ride for the brand because it, it goes along the same vein of if you make a promise, keep it. Right. Loyalty is really important. Loyal to your friends, loyalty to your company, loyalty to your relationship. And that's where it hit home for me is, you know, I have seen um, people in marriages where they will talk poorly of their spouse and and in not in a constructive way, not in a way, hey, I'm seeking advice. That to me is, you know, it 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 hits home, right? Like when when I was I was having a conversation earlier on with somebody when I was in middle school, massively being insecure. And I thought I was going to have my abandonment issues come up and like my friends were going to leave me. I, uh, I would talk behind my friend's back and I lost my best friend. And I made a vow then to just never do that again. Um, and so, you know, there's these things, man, like, you, you got to do it. It reminds me of you just got to do the hard thing always. And that's where the real juice of life is, is when you do the hard things, uh, you keep honest with yourself. And that's what's really important to me. And that's what I got from the Cowboy Code. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, yeah, I love that. I love that. And I think, uh, I mean, can you imagine what a different world it would be if everyone lived by this code? Um, it'd be incredible. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be a it'd be a totally different world. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's a such a such a good trip and uh, meeting those guys. And I, I got to say, I came back thinking, man, um, you know, for me at least, especially growing up in the West and in the mountains, um, you know, one of the things I can't I, I can't quite get out of my head is how it's how how important I think it's going to be to at least spend a significant portion of our time uh, with our kids growing up um, outside of kind of the world that we live in now in LA or Miami. Um, and I just think there are such different values and different, um, you know, different values and different, uh, I don't know, di different values and different, time being like how, how, how people spend their time and learning to do hard things and culturally, I, I don't know. There was just a lot that like really resonated with me that I was like, man, I just do not see any of this in Miami. And sometimes, sometimes like even, even being from there and knowing it exists, being away from it for so long, I kind of forget. And then like, it was like a slap in the face to be there and to see the, the, you know, uh, I don't want to say that you can't achieve it in a city, but I got to say it does, um, yeah, it, it did really resonate with me to like, man, maybe, maybe I got to think about seriously 
you know, it's not always the most convenient for me, but, you know, for my kids, um, you know, getting them a little bit more exposed to things that are not, uh, you know, not downtown Miami and Miami Beach. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's, you know, this, the overall arching theme of this is if you're not being fulfilled in, in your groups, challenged, inspired, uh, invoked, then it might be very behooveful to go and write down what you're looking for and then to create a friendship group. Look for other masterminds. Look for other groups. And if you don't have that, go create it, especially for introverts, right? Introverts can get really comfortable in their bubble, especially if you're an entrepreneur. But if, if you are at all seeking you know, more bond with other uh, people like yourself, men or women, then go and seek it and do it because it is incredible and you get truly inspired by others. Um, and the cool thing now is, you know, anyone can just hop on a jet and go somewhere that's beautiful and just have some fun together. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in general, right, the, the main takeaway I think is is pay, pay close attention to your circle. Um, you know, pay, paying close attention to your circle. Uh, if you can find a group like that of guys with very similar values that are living very purposeful lives that are doing badass things, um, getting away, you know, I think, I think finding it locally is amazing. I'm really trying to do that locally. So if you're here in Miami, um, <laughs> and you like what we're talking about, reach out. Um, but also, uh, you know, but also I think, I think getting away and getting out of your space, um, and going and doing those things, um, I mean, it's so fulfilling and genuinely incredible, incredibly valuable professionally, um, but professionally, you know, but also, also from like a full life thing. So I, I, I loved, um, I loved every second of it. We're going to continue to do these. We, you know, we'll probably do another one in June, um, and another one next January for sure. Um, every time I do them, I'm always worried, like it's going to, it's gonna, you know, every time we plan them, I'm always kind of worried that we're gonna get there and that the first one is going to, like, you know, it's like the first time you do something, you, you're always trying to fight back to get that same experience, but you can never, you can never quite achieve the same feeling as that first time, right? Um, right. Because sometimes the, the specialness of it is the first time's the shock. But every time we've done this, I've left and I've been like, that was the best one. Um, so I'm excited to keep doing these and, uh, yeah, and I think that's definitely, definitely on my goal. It, it's such a good reset for me and such a good, you know, reset for the start of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with everything that you said too. And it just gets better and better because I mean, we all just keep leveling up and we all keep learning from each other. It's incredible. Yeah. Yep. yep. Awesome, man. Well, you have fun. I know you're in Tahoe at another one of the kind of these events. I, uh, yep. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll have a little bit less next year, but, uh, but yeah, man, have a blast and congrats on the deals you just got under contract. Thank you, know, you man. Appreciate obviously, it. You know, you still got due diligence, but it's still something to celebrate, celebrate your wins. Um, <laughs> as we talked about on the show and, uh, we will see everyone next week. Yep. Sounds good. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. We think it's an absolute no-brainer that hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app will help you on your journey to your next 10 million. 